Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Last couple weeks I mentioned earlier we've been looking at what the Bible teaches about time. And in that biblical teaching of time, we saw that there's a word called kairos, where time biblically isn't just seconds, minutes, hours, but time and kairos are windows of opportunity. And we're to make the most of windows of opportunity, which is, again, here. You can look at a church service from 10 to 11.30 as chronos, you know, a, time, a start time and end time. Or you look at church as a window of opportunity. A window of opportunity that you can maximize, right? Last week we looked at what does the Bible teach about peace. And we saw that, that peace, according to the Bible, is so much more than the absence of conflict or hostilities. Many of us define peace, oh, if they just had peace and quiet, right? The absence of things. And, and really we saw that biblical peace is, it means completion, wholeness. That when Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, we saw one version of the Bible, it's actually the Prince of Wholeness. Where in our lives, sometimes we're searching for that missing thing, if only, if only, man, I just got to get there. Lord, I feel like something's missing, something's missing, something's missing. Well, we saw that Jesus being the Prince of Peace was really called, and in a relationship with him, we get whole. And then in that wholeness, we have peace with God, Romans 5, 1, and then we have the peace of God. Right? And we saw that biblical peace begins this way, being reconciled to God, and then in that reconciliation, in that covenant relationship, no matter what happens, and we've been through a lot the last two, three weeks as a community, no matter what happens in your family, no matter what happens at work, no matter what happens with your health, no matter what happens with your finances, you can have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. This morning, for Christmas Eve, it's interesting. I was thinking, well, Lord, it's Christmas. What, what do most of us tend to get consumed with? Gifts. Anyone? Gifts. Right? And, and it's interesting. I, I did some research. The National Retail Federation. They expect holiday sales in November and December, excluding automobiles, gasoline, and restaurants, to increase. Right? So last year's sales, retail sales, was $678 billion. Right? Actually, I'm sorry, $655 billion. This year, it's supposed to go up to $678 to $682 billion. In November and December. That's a whole lot of gifts. Right? That's a, that, that's a whole lot of stress. Right? They did this survey, and it said that consumers will spend an average of $967.13. Up 3.4% last year. $967.13. Turn to the person next to you and say, thank you. <laughs> no, that's spread out among everybody, right?
interesting, on Jesus' birthday, we celebrate Jesus' birthday, we give each other gifts. Isn't that interesting? What if you did that at home? Hey, T, happy birthday. Mom got me some golf clubs for your birthday. <laughs> You'd be like, yo, wait, 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 wait. It's, it's my birthday. Why are you getting good stuff on my birthday? Right? And, and this whole gift-giving thing, if you, if you think about it, now, my love language, you know there's a thing called love languages, so my, my kids, my wife, know my love language is gift-giving. I love to give gifts. Uh, that's how I express it. So I'm not, I'm not disrespecting gift giving. I'm speaking as a gift giver. That that's the way I do things, right? But isn't it kind of crazy, right? Not only do we give each other gifts for someone else's birthday, right? But then the stress and everything associated with giving a gift. I was, I was talking with my oldest daughter uh, yesterday, and she uh, had some visitors to her house, little kids that she loves dearly, and they opened gifts. And it's amazing when you when you have little ones and, you know, the maturity level and the understanding of gifts, right? Because she had spent a lot of time picking the favorite, the gift, right? And, and how many of you, you got to pick, you got to get that gift, the one that's going to meet a lot. Right? And depending on the age of your kids, your hair, what do they do? <laughs> and you're waiting for this great response. And they just rifle right through them. I said, isn't it interesting? I said, they would have more fun if you gave them 20 pencils and wrapped each one individually. <laughs> right? It's like in their age, if they, they give them this quantity. And then so we get caught up in, in, in trying to find the right gift. And are they going to like it? And then, as a parent, how many of you have ever got caught up in, well, we got to be equal. <laughs> if I give Vinny the bicycle, he's going to be happy. But I'm going to have four going, where's mine? Right? You get caught up in, in comparison and is it enough and, and are they disappointed? Is it what they wanted? And then you just say, gift cards. <laughs> Let's make it easy. Here, cash and gift cards, right? <laughs> Somehow it's supposed to make it easy. And, and, and this whole idea of gifting, okay, I get it. I understand it's, it's an expression and I understand it's, it's deeply ingrained in it. And yet, this morning I just want to Lord, what is the Bible? Help me understand gift in the Bible so that maybe I can I can participate in gift giving. I get the tradition of it, but but sort of keep my bearings. Just keep my bearings in all of it. And and, 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 and enjoy my family and my kids and this window of opportunity. But keep it keep keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. And in John chapter four. We see Jesus, it's a familiar passage, uh, we see Jesus traveling from Judea, right, and he wants to go to Galilee, but he's going to go through Samaria, and in fact, he has a conversation with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. This passage, John chapter 4, is really the basis of why we call this the well. That's that big sign out front. 
the well. What was a well in biblical times? A well was a place where the community met. It's just a place where, where the community gathered to get the water, they interacted. So we call this the well because we want this to be a gathering place for the community. The Samaritan woman and Jesus have a conversation at the well. And it's really interesting. John 4, starting in verse 4, right, says this. Now he had to go through Samaria, that's Jesus. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. I love that verse because in this conversation, they start off at this well, very practical need, water, right? And so the Samaritan woman is interacting with Jesus based on some physical need. And suddenly Jesus turns the page and shifts gears and goes to a spiritual conversation. And he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I think about that in light of Christmas season and all the rush and decorations and all the tradition that happens. We kind of get all caught up in these practical things. I gotta do this. I gotta go shop. I gotta decorate. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to Christmas Eve service, right? And yet, that question as I was reading that verse, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, right, that asked you, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. See, the Samaritan woman kind of missed it. She was so focused on the immediacy of the practical need that, that Jesus was trying, no, there's something bigger. No, there's something more profound. No, there's an eternal gift here. And I'm through me. Just ask me. Just ask me. And I'm going to give you something far greater than, than physical water. And sometimes in Christmas, I think, have we missed it? Is there something far greater? Right? Are we so consumed with the practical things? And Jesus like, whoa, 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 time out, time out. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. There's something else. There's something else. And, and that something else is really my heart for us is to understand gift, the gift of God, and who it is that we get it from. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Christmas is about. John 7, 37 to 38 says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow 
from within him. Right? So question for us as we start to transition to what really matters. Are you thirsty today, really? How are you doing at the deepest level? Right? In the busyness of the last two weeks, not just Christmas, but just, you know, trying to regroup. How many of you feel like you lost two weeks out of your life for some reason? Like we're Right? I lost track of days. I seem to lose track of hours. And, and suddenly it's December 20th. And I'm like, what just happened? Right? And, and sometimes it's been a time of regathering. And so this morning, it's like, are you feeling like you, there's something you need really deep? Right? Beyond just the, the immediate instant gratification that you're all going to get, whether it's gifts or food or whatever. Is there something this morning that, that you just I'd be sleeping. 
that Bill made in the back right there. Called the doghouse. Why are you sleeping here? Well, I had this great idea for no gifts. It didn't work. I've been gifted with the keys to that place. Right? So, so this idea of gifting and, 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 and Borea is, is, is that it's without comment, it's freely, it's generously, it's, liber- it's liberally, it's spontaneously. It's like, here, take it. I don't want anything back. Take it. Oh, right? That, 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 that helped me even to understand, okay, man, why am I so stressed? I think I've lost that aspect of freeness in the, in the tradition and in the pressure of, of gift giving in our culture, I've lost that. Ah, just the freeness of it. Just the freeness of it. Romans six twenty three says this: For the wages of sin is death, but the gift, the Greek word charisma, of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This word in the Greek emphasizes the grace. It's a grace gift. What is grace in the Bible? Unmerited favor, undeserved. Without a cause. Nothing in us prompted God to give us anything. It's grace. It's grace. Unmerited favor. Right? And, 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 and this one really challenged me. This one really challenged me. Because Romans 5, 10, and 11 says this. For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son... How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Right? Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his love while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, think about this. So, gifting in the Bible, it's free, and it's a grace gift. Right? Grace, undeserved, unmerited. God just does it just because he loves us and he's a good God. Think about this in your gift giving. When we give gifts, we tend to give it, we value people and relationships, and it kind of maybe is a sliding scale, those who are closest to us, out to co-workers, neighbors, mail carrier, right? You have this levels of relationship. And depending on how close you feel to someone, that may affect how much you want to spend, Right? How many of you, including me, got so excited today to go out and give a gift to your enemy? Those that we don't like, our enemies, 
And yet in God's economy, in God's gifting, in his grace gift, at one point we were all lost. At one point we were all his enemies. At one point we were all separated from him. And he's like, hmm, what can I get them? Oh, my son. My boy. At the human level, to think about you spending as much on your enemy as you did for your spouse. And then multiply that exponentially by God's grace and love for you when you were yet separated from him. Mind blowing. I got anyone to understand that, that love and grace to me, to us. <sighs> right? Right? And then, and then you go, really? Really? So God, you just gave so freely, generously, liberally, just without anything back. And then you, Lord, you give it based nothing on me. It's just your grace. It's unmerited favor. While I was yet separated from you, while I was doing my own thing, and I didn't even care about you, you still sent this incredible gift? What? What? Right? I, I'm sure some of you have had an opportunity when people have gifted you, and you're just stunned. Anyone ever had that moment? Someone, not even on your radar, just out of the blue gives you this gift, and you're just stunned because you didn't feel like there was even any relationship. And you're like, oh. see, there was no sense of obligation because of the family you have to. There was zero relationship in your mind, and this person gives you something, and you're like, oh, humbled and overwhelmed. You don't even know what to say. So,
not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Right? Applies to everyone. His grace gives you. So you go. This is how much I love you. This Christmas, this is how much I love you. This is what I want you to understand. How valuable you are to me. Shall let's go to 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But with what? The precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish or defect. That's how valuable you are. That's how valuable you are. See, this morning, I believe God knows we've been, we get really caught up in this whole gift giving thing. And I think this morning for Let's just... 
you're sitting next to. <laughs> so here's the crazy thing. Here's what happens with gift givers and gift, gift recipients, okay? Gift givers tend to focus on, when you're shopping, you want to focus, you picture the person, and you focus on the wow moment of when they open it. Of when they open it, okay? So as a gift giver, I tend to be shopping for my wife, for my kids, and I, I want something, and I picture them opening it. And that instant moment of, oh, you shut down, right? We tend to focus on the wow moment, that instant of, right? As a gift giver, that, that's what you're hunting for. As a gift receiver, we tend to want things that have value to us, utility. Things that matter to us over time of ownership of it. That's what resonates with us as a gift receiver. Right? So that's why sometimes on Christmas, you're so excited. They're going to love this. How many have ever said they're going to love this? <laughs> they're going to love this. This is awesome. Right? My wife needed this new driver. Yeah, she a golf, but then it's awesome. Right? Because we're just trying to get a reaction. We're paying for what we think the reaction is going to be. Right? And then you open it. And you know, you're like, this is going to be so good. You know, and there's a lot of pressure in that moment. How many of you ever felt pressure when someone's opening a gift that you've given them? Isn't that crazy? Where does that even come from? Well, as a gift giver, one of the reasons it happens is because you're waiting for it. <coughs> I better get $50 worth of wow, because this is what it costs me, right? And as a receiver, the minute you open it, you're like, how am I going to use this? <laughs> I don't the color, I don't like the color, I'm never going to wear this anywhere. All of a sudden, as a gift receiver, you go into practical utility mode, right? That's why they say if you really want to connect, right? Oh, you're like, no, I gotta go return all this stuff today. <laughs> Find any preach this last Saturday, but it'll save you some money. <laughs> you know what you can do to really connect as a giver and receiver? Here's what they say. Ask them what they want. <laughs> oh, but that takes all the fun of it. But they're gonna appreciate it. They're gonna value it. Right? Why do you at a, at a wedding? They, why do you think they get registries? Right? They value, newlyweds value gifts off the registry because it's utilitarian to them. It, they value it over the long haul versus the 8 by 10 of you. <laughs> I just want you to remind you of me. Right? We get this, this idea as gift givers that we want to have the wow moment. Gift receivers are like, value is that? Right? I share with you my dad. Now I appreciate my dad growing up. He was the ultimate utilitarian gift giver. Because I share with you from my brother, my older brother, growing up through junior high and high school. Without fail, my dad gave us v-neck t-shirts, socks, and underwear. Every Christmas. Whether we needed more or not. Now as a parent, that's expensive. Right? But me and my brother, <laughs> I don't think what you get. Oh, we got socks this year. I think it's socks. I think it's V-neck t-shirts. But the crazy 
Because 